Hello, thanks for listening to the Madison Assembly of God podcast. If you're in the Madison area, we'd love to have you join us next weekend for our Sunday service. For more information, go to madisonassembly.com. Now, here's our lead pastor, Jason Daly. You know, it's very important for us that we become thankful for what we have in our life. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to jump into Scripture. So if you have your bulletin, your worship guide, go and pull that out. The sermon notes are right there for you that like to fill in the blanks. You will have that there. We'll have it on the screen. You can pull out your iPhones. You can pull out whatever, your notepad, and follow along with us. We're going to start in Psalm 66, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. And so let's read this together. The Bible says, shout joyful praises to God, all the what? All the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious, what? How glorious he is. Did you all know, before we go deeper into this, did you know your life shares a lot about what's going on inside of you as you go out into the world? Do you know your life shows a lot to people that you're around and sometimes your mouth never has to move? Y'all know that? The Bible tells us, to, to, to make this joyful noise unto the Lord and sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. And I want you to understand, when we walk into an attitude of gratitude, people are going to know who we stand for because they're going to see something different about us, making the opportunity for us to share the gospel of Christ. But the Bible goes on and says this, say to God, say that with me, say to God. How awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Verse 4, everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious song. Come and see what God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for who? Everybody take your finger and point it on your chest and say for me. I want you to know, everybody, God wants to perform miracles in your life. Let me read from a different translation. This is the New King James Version, and here's what it says. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. That's why when we come into God's house, we lift our voices. It don't matter if you like the song or not. It don't matter if it's not the type of song you like. Listen, we need to be a people of worship, and we can worship in any situation that we're in. Amen. It goes on and says, come before his presence with singing. And verse 3 says, know that the Lord, he is God. Say that with me. He is God. It is he who made us, not not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth, oh, I love this, and his truth endures to all generations. Can we give the Lord a grateful shout this morning? Come on. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're new here today, you're just going to have to bear with me. I get excited about preaching, all right? So here we go. Here's two things I want you to get this morning. Number one is this. Where there is thanksgiving, there is the mercy and grace of God. I said where there's thanksgiving, there is the mercy and grace of God. Where there is ungratefulness, listen to me now, where there's ungratefulness, there's the wrath 
of God. But pastor, God is love. Yes, he is. But there's one thing in scripture that you're going to see over and over. This is probably the wrong verbiage to use. But there's one thing that irritates God. And that's ungratefulness. That's unthankfulness. So let me just set this up. There are three things. First of all, Thanksgiving offers us power in heaven. And there's three dynamics that I want to share with you before we jump into some more scripture. The first one is this, gratification. Everybody say gratification. An attitude of gratitude. Gratification is, means you're, you're thankful in all situations. When it's raining outside, you're the first one to say, praise the Lord, I get to use my umbrella. Yes! <laughs> if it's hot outside, yes, I have an air conditioning. Yes! How many know it's easier said than done, right, everybody? <laughs> Especially when things are not going the way you want it. But I want you to understand, if we are going to operate in the dynamics of thanksgiving, the first thing that we must do as followers of Jesus is in every situation, give thanks. It don't matter if you're here today and you're on the mountaintop or you're here today or you're in the valley. I want you to know this morning, there is power, no matter if you're on the mountain or the valley, when you give thanks unto the Lord. I want you to know that God is God over all situations. And he wants to perform miracles for his people. And to all generations, you can trust in the Lord. You can put your confidence in the Lord because he has your best interests in mind. Amen, everybody. The second part of Thanksgiving is sanctification. Now, some of you are thinking, sanctification? For you that are new and you're saying, what does that mean? Sanctification simply means becoming like Jesus. You see, we believe in this church, it's a progressive, every day, being more and more like Jesus. You see, the day you gave your hearts to Christ, your number one journey then becomes, is, is for you to become like Jesus through the remainder of your life until you go to heaven. Every day, we must be growing. Every day, we must be able to look at the sins in our life and our flesh patterns and say, you have no control over me. Amen, everybody. And so the question is this. Are you more on fire for God today as you was yesterday? Have you controlled your anger better today than you did yesterday? You see, every new day is an opportunity to become more like Jesus. And so when we talk about sanctification, it means growing and learning to become like Jesus. And how many know, sometimes when you open God's word, how many in this room has ever seen something new that you never saw before? You open it up and like, I didn't know that. And that's why it's important to become more like Jesus. We stay in God's word because there's so much that God wants to teach you. And if you're here today and you've been saved over 30 years, you still have a lot to learn. You can never outsmart God or he's not big enough. Amen, everybody. And so sanctification simply means something I never knew before. And I want you to know as you're growing and you have this attitude of gratitude, and your desires to be more like Jesus, mercy and grace will begin to rest on the thankful. The third part of Thanksgiving that I want to share with you is this expectation. Thanksgiving is the highest form of prayer. How many, when you pray, you expect God to move in your life? How many, when you come to church, you expect God to speak to you? 
If you don't, this is a new dimension you need to walk in. Because I don't know about you, everybody. In just a few minutes, when I'm going to give our offering, my wife and I, we prayed and we said, this is what we're going to give. I'm expecting God to bless us, not only bless this church with the goals that we're trying to accomplish, but he's going to bless my family. Why? Because I expect him to do what he says he's going to do. Amen. And so when we operate in, in, in thanksgiving, we have a heart of gratitude. We have sanctification, and we have expectation in our life. Now, we express thanksgiving in three ways. And so how many of you know your witness or a lifestyle expresses thanksgiving or unthankfulness in your life? How many of you know that? If you're walking around with a sad face on your, or you're getting up on Monday morning, the Monday blues, they call it, going back to work, We are witnessing something in our life. And I want you to understand, if, if you're a people of thanksgiving, if you have an attitude of gratitude, your witness, your lifestyle will express thankfulness. Amen. Next thing is, we talked about this last Sunday, but your words, the things that come out of your mouth bring life or death to your situation. Did you all know that? Not only does my actions, my lifestyle, but my words, the things that I say, expresses what's in my heart. How many here, you're thankful to God? Say this with me. I am blessed. I am a child of God. God will never fail me. God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. And say this with me. He has my best interest. In mind. You see, your words express thanksgiving. The third thing is our worship. It's a spiritual expression of thanks. Not only does my witness, not only does my words, but my worship expresses thanksgiving. Now let me share this with you. As many of you know, we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights the last few weeks. But I believe that we are three parts of us as a human. We are a body, we're a soul, and we're a spirit. And when we're operating in thanksgiving, our body is involved by our extending our hands. Our, our body is involved by the voice that we sing songs through or the praises that comes out of our mouth. Our soul is also in, in, the, in a part of this thanksgiving. Our mind, our emotions, and our will, they're involved in thanksgiving. How many know sometimes your body can be doing things differently than what's inside of you, your soul, right? You know, your body can be faking or having a mask on to the world, but inside... Your will and your emotions are in turmoil. I want you to understand your body and your, and your soul, they're connected. And when, we're and when we're in thanksgiving, everything begins to operate together. Because deep down inside of all of us is a spiritual man. And the spiritual man is expressing thanksgiving out of our lives. So I want you to understand there's power in thanksgiving. There is power in thanksgiving. Let me show you some verses here. So let's go on a journey with me with, real quick. Can we do that? In Psalms 30, verse 4, the Bible says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and what? And give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. How many are thankful that God saved you and delivered you from your past? How many would sit here today and would say, I am thankful that God has brought me to this place. I might be in a place I never thought I would be, but God has never let me down in the whole journey. How many would be willing to say that? Now, I know there's some of you, you're sitting here today, you're going through things you never thought you would face. But here's the joy of the Lord. If you will just be thankful in your situation, God will release supernatural power to you that you can overcome and do things you never thought you could do. Amen, everybody. 
In Psalm 75, verse 1, we give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wonderful works. Declare that your name is what? We serve a God that is near. He is not far away. And sometimes God allows us to go through things so that glory and his name can come over us so that we turn our face to him and understand there's nothing in this world that will satisfy but Jesus. I want you to know, if you're going through a trial this morning, God says you're able to get through it because he says in his word, he will not put more on you than you can bear. So we rejoice in the fact that if I'm in a trial, then it's just an opportunity for God to do a miracle, a sign, and a wonder in my life. Oh, praise Jesus. Psalms 105 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among who? Listen, everybody. Who else is going to tell Madison, Indiana, how good God is? And unless you do it. Some of us focus too much on the negative. Last night, my family, we got together. And we're hanging out. My daughter's here. And we said, hey, let's watch that movie, Christopher Robbins, right? You know, the Winnie the Pooh story. I want you all to know. Me, my son Austin, and my daughter Caitlin was the only ones that stayed up all through the movie. Everyone else was snoring. I couldn't hear. I'm like, come on, stop snoring. Then all of a sudden, they start making sounds. I'm not going to tell which one of my family started making sounds because it scared me to death. I'm like, we got to pray that demon out of them. I'm just joking. I'll pray them out of the demon. No, I'm just kidding. But we sat there, and the funniest part, me and my son just cracked up laughing. Because there was this little character on there called Eeyore, right? Everything that happened, he was a negative berry. Well, this is where I belong. I knew this was going to happen. Oh, well. And that's how God's people act so many times. And we should be rejoicing because if we're going through the fire... It's just an opportunity for God to come upon us and empower us and do things great and mighty through us. Amen. And if you're in this room this morning and your life is perfect, just wait. It's coming. But if if your life is perfect and everything is going well, you need to be shouting praises to the Lord because God is good. In Psalms 107, verse 8, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of who? Listen, everybody, God created us so he could bless us. God created us so he could have a relationship with us. He created us so that we can make a difference in other people's lives. And no matter if it's going to snow tomorrow night, we can praise the Lord. Especially for you ones that are going to Florida in just a few days. Fooey on you. (laughs) in psalms 140 verse 13 surely the righteous everybody say the righteous if you're saved and you're a son and daughter of god you are considered a righteous person it says surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name the upright shall dwell where you see everybody when you're operating in an attitude of gratitude when there is thankfulness coming out of us we are going to operate and be in his presence amen everybody The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, everybody say everything. That means when all your families come into your house and you know they're going to make a mess in your house, in everything. When you get up in the morning and you know the holidays are here and you're going to ask the boss for the day off and he's going to say, no, in everything. 
In just a few short days, we're going to get all of our Christmas stuff out. And we're going to have to go to the store and buy presents for our in everything. And then all the bills start coming in. In everything. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is God's will for my life, Pastor? In everything, give thanks. Because in everything, when we give thanks, God's will becomes in alignment in our life. Who am I going to marry, Pastor? In everything, give thanks. How am I going to get through this situation, Pastor? In everything, give thanks. Because when you're in an attitude of gratitude, when you're in an attitude of thanksgiving, God's will comes into focus in your life. Amen. Let me show you some things here real quick. Now, that was the good news. Let me share some bad news. Is that okay with everybody? All right, Pastor, if you got to do it. All right, Eeyore, here we go. In Romans chapter 1, I want you to see this in verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of who? Who men, who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because although they knew God, they did not what? Glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. You can read in chapter 1, you talk about the condition of man, how man just keeps getting more evil, how man just keeps getting more rebellious, and it all comes down to one key when you read the scripture. They were ungrateful and they were unthankful. When we are ungrateful and when we are unthankful, we open ourselves up to live as God would not want us to live. You see, when you're a thankful person, and you have happiness within you, you're not going to think about those things because you want to be pleasing to your God. As a matter of fact, you can read in these scriptures. Let's see here. Let me go to my notes so I can make sure I give this to you right. I want to be accurate. But here's what it says in Romans 24, in Romans 26, in Romans 28 of chapter 1. The Bible says that God gave them up. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God will not tolerate ungratefulness, everybody. God will not give up on the homosexual. God will not give up on the murderer. God will not give up on the liar. God will not give up on the drunkard. God will not give up on those who have serious problems in their life. But in Romans, God gave up on an ungrateful and unthankful person. I want you to get this. Because when you walk around with no thanksgiving in your heart, you open yourself up for the enemy to come in and destroy everything that God wants to do for you. Because God has a future and a destiny for all of us in this room. And when we operate in negativity, when we operate in unthankfulness, God steps back and allows you to waller in it. Listen, God loves us. God don't want us to go through those things. Hell was not created for us. But here's what God wants us to understand as the people of God. God will not give up on any sinner. But God dislikes an ungrateful and unthankful person. You see, in the Old Testament, God gave up on the children of Israel not for the mistakes they made, but they chose complaining over thanksgiving. So let me ask you a few questions here this morning. Are you finding yourself sinning easily? 
Are you finding yourself falling for tricks that you, that you used to be able to resist? Do you find yourself getting whipped by sin that you have been forgiven of maybe 5 and 10 and 20 years ago? I'm telling you, you can always trace it to where it's at. I can tell you how to get the grace of God back into your life, and that is by being a person of thanksgiving. Amen, everybody. Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything, give thanks, for this is what God's will for every one of us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 6, let's read these scriptures. The Bible says, But, but fornication and all uncleanness and uncovetousness, let it not even be what? But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be How do you speak a name by your words? Let it not be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coast gesturing, which are not fitting, but rather, what everybody? Give thanks to the Lord. It says, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of what? Of disobedience. So I'm trying to share with you, God has created us to be a people of thanksgiving. A people that proclaims the good news of Christ Jesus. Let me, let me take you to a story in the Bible. And we're going to finish this out. Are y'all hanging with me? Pastor, this is hard stuff. I'm, I know. So I, I have one time a year where I can be a pastor, all right? So pull your feet in, all right? I won't step on them. Because let me share something with all of you. I had to go through this myself. Because there's days I get up, and instead of being positive and thanking God, how many know it's easy to complain? Oh, my back hurts today. It's so cold outside. I'd just rather stay in bed. Oh, we're having a miracle offering today. Why am I going to do this? I'm even mad at the pastor, everybody. Some of you get that tomorrow. <laughs> the Bible says in Numbers 21, let me take you to a story, and I want to show you this power of thanksgiving or this power of ungratefulness and thanksgiving. Here's what the Bible says. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became what, everybody? Very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke, listen to this, against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no McDonald's, no Chick-fil-A. There is no Texas Roadhouse in Madison, Indiana. What's going on? We just got a Starbucks at Hanover. Praise God. For there is no food, no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Now let me share what's going on here. First of all, how can these people get in this situation when they just watched the Red Sea part right in front of their eyes. The very first aquarium for people to walk through. You think you go to Clarksville and go to the aquarium there and watch the sharks? Listen, it was already there in the Red Sea, all right? They're walking through the Red Sea on dry ground. There was no other way, everybody. 
So they make it through the Red Sea. The, the, uh, the soldiers of Egypt are chasing them. God crushes the Red Sea on top of their enemies, and they are free for the rest of their lives there. And there they are on their journey toward the promised land. And all of a sudden, how many know sometimes our journeys get long? Sometimes every day is not going to be a happy day. And all of a sudden, the people begin to complain. There's no food. So, God, uh, so Moses goes to God and begins to pray. And God sends this thing called manna. This manna becomes their bread. As a matter of fact, God loves his people so much that he fed them every single day. He would say, take only what you need for today, for I will take care of you tomorrow. And many of you know the story. Some who tried to hoard for themselves, guess what happened to that manna? It spoiled, it stunk, flies came in, and maggots, you know the story. So finally they got sick of the manna. Moses! Why did you bring us out of the, 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 the land of Egypt? You're going to make us die out here. All we have is this manna pizza, this, this manna rice, this manna cotti. Come on, that was good, everybody. I worked on that for a long time. I'll be here all week. All right. We're sick of this, Moses. As a matter of fact, we're sick of you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they even spoke against God. Now notice what begins to happen here, everybody. For there is no food and no water, and our souls loathe this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people in Israel what? Listen, everybody, when we start complaining, when we start becoming ungrateful, we release the power of God out of our life. And all of a sudden, the Bible says these fiery serpents came up out of the ground and began to bite the people. We know the end of the story. Moses put up that brazen cross. You know the medical sign that you see for you nurses that has the snake around the cross? The medical sign, right? And the Bible says that Moses said, look upon this cross. Look upon this. It was a representation of the Christ, the Christ that would die on the cross, and it delivered them, and they were set free of their sickness. But I want you to understand, many people died in Israel. And here's the thing. When we are ungrateful, when we speak unthankfulness out of our life, when our words and our lifestyle and the way we act begins to be ungrateful, guess what happens? Satanic oppression is released in our life. If you're here this morning, you say, I'm so sick and tired of my husband. Guess what you just did? You opened the door for satanic oppression to come into your marriage. When you sit there and say, my kids never listen. You open the door for satanic oppression to come in those situations. Are you all getting what I'm trying to say here? The wrath of God was revealed, not because of the sins. It was revealed because of their ungrateful hearts. They were unthankful. And because of their ungratefulness and because of their unthankfulness, they begin to do things they would not normally do that was against God. Amen, everybody. So I want you to understand, when you complain, you release satanic oppression and operation into the area of your complaining. Oh, I just wish I had a bigger house. Oh, I just hate this lawnmower. Oh, my goodness, we're getting ready to have Thanksgiving. I just can't stand Uncle Fred. Oh, here we go, Christmas season. Do you see what begins to happen? But listen to me real close. I'm almost finished. Listen to me real close. 
not only are you condemning yourself, but everyone around you gets infected with complaining. And it's almost as if many of the children of Israel died in the wilderness because of the complaining. Do you understand if we would be a people of influence? No matter what's going on in our life, if we walk into our jobs with a smile on our face, it may not be the job that you want, but God says if I'm content and I do my very best where I'm at, then he will take me where I need to go. I praise the Lord because many of you are not working at your companies because of what you think you have done. You're there because God strategically placed you. And until you accomplish that purpose and that mission, you will not be moved on. And I want you to understand your life if you walk in on tomorrow morning and everybody else is crying, oh, the weekend's over, my team lost last night, oh, what? the Cincinnati Bengals lost last night, yes. <laughs> if you go in there complaining, you know what happens? We miss the opportunity to speak destiny in other people's lives. Because you're infectious. When you're on fire and you're excited and you have Thanksgiving in your heart, you infect everyone around you. And that's a good infection, everybody. Because we can change the, con the context of where we're in. Do you all believe that? Our words can change the environment. Our attitude can change the environment. We can change any situation that a person's going through by how we act to them. Amen. That's the power that we have in God. The Bible says in Colossians 3, and let the peace of God, what? Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Then it goes on and says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word are indeed do all in the name of what? The Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's the purpose for our life, everybody. To worship him. To be thankful. Amen? Are y'all with me? Let me give you four things and I'm going to be done. Four things. I'm going to go through them real quick. Four things that Thanksgiving does. The first thing that Thanksgiving does is it, is it brings peace, the peace of God in our lives. How many know we live in a world that needs peace? What's the best way to bring peace to the world? By representing Jesus. Number two, when we have Thanksgiving, we will grow in the word. We become sanctified. We become more like Jesus. We progress to be more in the image of Christ in our life. Number three, we have stronger fellowship with one another. How many love hanging out with a person that complains all the time? How many ever had to make a phone call to a person that complains all the time and you dreaded it? You're like, oh. You kept putting it off and putting it off, and you finally made the phone call. How many is there? Wow, you guys have some good friends. I need to get to know you all better. And then the last thing that you get is this, grace in our hearts. Grace in our hearts. What is grace? G-R-A-C-E, I always say it like this, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. Unmerited favor. Say that with me, unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. That's grace, unmerited favor. Say that with me, unmerited favor. When you operate in thanksgiving, you release grace in your life. And what is grace? How many can use some unmerited favor in your life? That means favor that's not bound up. 
Let's all stand to our feet. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Thanksgiving. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your son. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give to us to move and to operate. Now, God, search our hearts right now. Now, I want you to just begin to pray and ask God to enter your heart. Search your hearts for any areas where you're ungrateful. Come on, begin to call upon the Lord. Lord, search our hearts right now. If there's any area in my life that's not pleasing you, you forgive me. Forgive me. With everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. But you say, Pastor Jason, I don't even know this Christ. I don't even know this Savior. I want him to be my Lord. I want him to be my, my Savior in my life. Would you just pray for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to drag you down to this altar. I'll just simply say, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me? I'm looking around the room. Just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm looking, I'm looking. All right. How many here would raise your hand? No one's looking. No one's looking around. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I could do better in this area of Thanksgiving? Why don't you raise your hand? Is that you? I could do better. I see your hands. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to just step out and just fill these altars. Just step out. And by your stepping out, you're making a symbol to Christ that God, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you. I just ask you to step out. Who's going to be the first one to step out? Who'll be the first one to step out and come to the front and just pray and ask God to help you? Come on. As you get up here, don't wait on me. Begin to call on the Lord. You have a relationship with God. God wants to speak to you. God wants to hear your voice. Ask him. Maybe you're here and you have a trial in your life and you don't know how you're going to get through it. Simply ask him, God, I thank you.